0: Hey there, I'm Andrew Ainsworth, a proud supporter of Sword and Laser, thanks to Patreon.com. It's easy to set up, and what do you get out of it? Endless geeky bantering about the latest sci-fi and fantasy books. So if you want to help out, head over to Patreon.com slash Sword and Laser. Give a little, and get a lot of Veronica mispronouncing things. Hey
1: everyone, welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont,
0: and I'm Tom Merritt.
1: Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and awesome discussions from fans just like you.
0: And to concentrate that this week, uh, we skip drinking anything, both mm-hmm. of us, mm-hmm. for you, the fans. Mm-hmm. Focused, very focused. Yeah. We're gonna get. We're just gonna get right into it. We we got some good news this week too.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of great stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. so let's just jump right into the quick burns.
0: Dara lets us know that Chris clue, former kicker for the Minnesota Vikings announced his new book. It's a sci-fi novel that is quote, a love hate letter to gaming. Otaku as it is called will be out in March published by Tor books and, uh, I don't know. Cover's kind of nice looking, right?
1: Yeah. I like the tagline. Uh, She's used to saving the world. Now she just has to do it for real.
0: Is this, the cover looks like it should be manga. Is it manga?
1: I don't know. It doesn't, it says, uh, sounds like it's a novel.
0: I know it says novel. So I'm just going to assume it's a really great cover. (laughs) It's
1: giving me like a little bit of a ready player one vibe.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. With the headset. Uh, yeah, the goggles and everything. Yeah,
1: and the the tagline: "She's used to saving the world. Now she has to do it for real." So that's that's my guess. Um, I'm gonna have to see if there's more more information out about it somewhere. Uh, but that's that's super exciting. Good for him.
0: Yeah, the cover's up, but is it good? He it's is a, kicker, a prolific kick, kicker joke oh oh, oh.
1: yep, that one blew right by me. <laughs> So I was going to say he's a prolific tweeter. He's a very good tweeter. Um, mm. So I, I hopefully that gives some idea about the his style of writing, perhaps. Mm. We shall find out. Yeah. yeah. Joanna says, uh, Bloomsbury announced Piranesi, a new novel by Susanna Clark. Piranesi? Piranesi? Anyway, Piranesi? I think, I Piranesi? think that,
0: that's what I'd go with.
1: All right. Joanna's quoting from The Guardian. Out in September next year, Clark's Piranesi will follow the story of its eponymous hero who lives in the house, a building with hundreds, if not thousands of rooms and corridors, imprisoning an ocean, a watery labyrinth. Occasionally, he sees his friend, the other, who is doing scientific research into a great and secret knowledge. Piranesi records his findings in his journal, but then messages begin to appear and a, quote, terrible truth unravels as evidence emerges of another person and perhaps even another world outside the house's walls, said Bloomsbury, which announced on Monday that it had acquired the novel
0: in a two-book deal. Oh, this is very strange-sounding. See what I did there? Uh, (laughs) Sure does, mister. (laughs) Um, it sounds strange. Fascinating, to be honest. Like big house with an ocean inside it. I'm in. Great. great we're making
1: pitch. we're making a a um a, a Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norel joke is what was happening. It wasn't
0: in case you didn't realize.
1: Wouldn't wouldn't say it was done well, but it was there. Uh so hopefully some of you picked up on that before I had to go and explain <laughs> it because you yeah. know explaining the best a joke, yes.
0: Always the best. Yeah.
1: Always the best.
0: Uh Ruth uh, pointed out a Reddit thread that Ruth says is an absolute delight in which people explain how they thought many things in Harry Potter were made up and magical, but were actually just British. (laughs) Examples (laughs) include treacle tart, Mm -hmm. the Ford Anglia, snacks from a trolley in a train carriage, people with red hair, and a double-decker bus. My personal favorite, says Ruth, is the people who didn't realize that a punt is a type of boat and assume that when Filch was described as punting students across the swamp, that meant he was kicking them.
1: <laughs> yeah, that that actually makes sense. Um, I wonder if I thought that at the time myself. Uh, and I know where Ruth stands on all of this because uh, she writes favorite with a U and realize with an S.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I where I stand on it, too. Um Hunting is is definitely one where I could I I think it's understandable even British people might not encounter that word in their daily life right so yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a particular type of boat that that, that one's good Tr- snacks from a trolley and a train carly- carriage being made up
1: I learned actually about um I don't think I noticed treacle tart being mentioned in Harry Potter I did notice treacle tart definitely being mentioned in uh, the Gale Carriger novels um, because that's a big favorite of her main character.
0: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, oh, a treacle tart. But yeah. the uh, the double-decker buses, if you actually think about it, they do sound pretty fantastical.
0: They do, if they weren't like the stereotype for London.
1: I know, but I guess right? if you're real sheltered or you're a child <laughs> I guess, and you've never I guess. been to London before. I
0: understand the Ford Anglia more, where they're like, oh, it's a made-up brand of Ford car. For this magical world, because yeah. uh, I didn't get Ford Prefect the first time I read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, uh, when when you know the joke was that the Ford Prefect was such a common car in England <laughs> that he <laughs> mistook it for the dominant life form. I didn't get that at all uh, until it was explained to me later. So yeah, I'm in. Of, I'm good. One
1: of those things. One of those things. William says the third book in the Athena Club series, which began with the Sword and Laser Pick, The Strange Case of the Alchemist's Daughter, is now out. It has the wonderful title of The Sinister Mystery of the Mesmerizing Girl. No spoilers, but for those who read the last book, I include this photo, which I took myself, of a certain important residence. It, is a, it was exactly as described in the book, as was the breathtaking garden, which is now open to the public. The side door is still locked. Oh, I haven't seen this photo, so I'm clicking into the thread. To see well, what is being described,
0: it's it's a. I, I didn't include it in the show notes because the photo could be considered a spoiler, perhaps. Oh. But it, it's of an address, mm-hmm. and if you've read the book, then I suppose the address would pop out to you as being a a particularly significant address. That's all. It's just a picture of the plate with the address. That's all. The
1: plate with the address. Yeah, you know,
0: like the address plate that says what address. Well, there's a place only one is.
1: address that's important in that series. Mm-hmm. Is that the address? Yes. That's oh. the address. <laughs> <laughs> Is it? Okay. I guess it's a spoiler if you haven't read any of the
0: books. Yeah. I mean, you can go into the quick burns thread and find it. It's right there for the show notes. I chose to, sh- to link to the sinister mystery. I see that of the mesmerizing. Cause girl I tried to because, click on it to see the picture yes, and it took and me And that's there. what I'm, I was trying to I sort see. of deftly signal to you without making it cl- you know, perfectly no. obvious.
1: Well, now it's obvious. But you
0: weren't having any of it. so No, I didn't get it. You have to go in the Quickburns thread to see the picture that he's talking about.
1: It's an address. It's in London. You know what it is.
0: And it's a picture of the plate. Yeah, it's a, I, I can't remember the address. I'm trying to hide the fact that I can't remember the address <laughs> on the top of my head. It's, it's, you've blown the whole thing. The cover's off.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or did I make it better? I'm not sure. P-
0: possibly. You possibly made it better. I uh, think I, I made it bigger. I think we went through a bell curve. It's of, 221B you know. Baker Street. No, it's not. Is it? Yes. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> All right. Uh, Dara says, John Wick, writer, uh, to bring V.E. Schwab's A Darker Shade of Magic to film. Yay. Derek Colstead will be writing the adaptation for Sony. This is great. This is great.
1: This is great. Um, this is real. I'm actually a
0: fan of the John Wick movies. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. And Darker Shade of Magic, of course, uh, Fantastic.
1: Yeah. Um, v. E. Schwab writes on Twitter, if you follow me at all, you know what an incredible fan I am of the John Wick franchise. And Derek is such a brilliant stand-up guy. We hung out and talked magical coats and cross-dressing thieves and he gets it.
0: <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. I'm so excited about this.
1: Uh, and uh,
0: And not a TV series, so possibly easier to consume. <laughs>
1: Ooh, can we um, start a casting thread? I would really oh, love yeah. that if we could start a, a casting really good thread one. on Goodreads. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because, oh, no, too late. Everyone's already having the same thought that I have, which is Keanu as Holland. Um, but that's I mean, I mean,
0: you got the John Wick director. Come on. I
1: mean, come on. Keanu, it's time. He likes
0: to do cool stuff. So it's time. Let's just make this happen, Derek Kolstad. All right. Oh, it's not the director. It's the writer. But still. He's a
1: writer. But still, he yeah. might have some say.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Joanna says the Hunger Games prequel is called The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, and it's out on May 19th, 2020. Uh, Scholastic President Ellie Berger announced in a press release that the book, quote, raises important questions about authority, the use of violence and the truth of human nature. It was announced previously that the prequel is set 10 years after Pan Am's Great War, during their reconstruction period, often referred to as the Dark Days.
0: Yeah, so if you've if not read The Hunger Games, but you're sort of peripherally aware that there, there's, a, there's a war in The Hunger Games, different war. Uh, the, there's a war that happens towards the end of The Hunger Games trilogy. Uh, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the war that sort of sets the table for the hunger games to be necessary. So it's right. not an origin story of the hunger games per se it doesn't sound like, uh, but but sort of the early days mm-hmm. of the hunger games as as a thing.
1: Yeah, that's that's kind of interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to see where this goes. And then Seth says it's not terribly often a sword, or laser book shows up on the short list for big literary awards, but Marlon James's Black Leopard, Red Wolf made the short list for this year's National Book Awards.
1: Oh, that's cool.
0: Now, he doesn't mean a sword and laser book. He means a science fiction or a fantasy books uh, when, when he says that. Uh, we did have Black Leopard, Red Wolf in the March Madness tournament. We did.
1: We did. I think it, it did pretty well, so I, I still really want to read it. Um, and this just obviously even even more kudos and accolades towards this novel. So I think it would be
0: it yeah, would be fun National to fun to read sometime. That's ain't amazing. No joke. Good job. We just need to take a quick break because we're excited to have our sponsor back for this week's show. So let's pause while Orphan Black's Tatiana Maslany tells you all about a special offer for Sword and Laser listeners.
1: Orphan Black: The next chapter is exclusively on Serial Box. Serial Box is serialized fiction in synced audio and ebook bundles from best-selling authors delivered to you weekly. Sword and Laser listeners can get an exclusive discount on Orphan Black the Next Chapter by visiting SerialBox.com/slash Sword and Laser. Alright, well now it is time for Bear Your Sword, which is our feedback from the audience.
0: Our first post comes from Dara. We, we should just get Dara on the payroll. Sorry, uh, I'm laughing job, because
1: I, I'm laughing because I was trying to read the Barrier Sword intro and I had to burp the whole time. Mm. And then I think I burped a little bit. I don't think it was on on mic, So I just want to put that out there. In case he, goes
0: really into transparency, folks. I don't I'm, know if you fully that. transparent
1: yeah. in my dealings
0: with yeah. the audience. That's, that's what you, makes me unique. Even if you would have never known, she wants to make sure you do.
1: This drives Tom crazy, by the way, this drives Tom. This is also transparency. <laughs> Often Tom will be like, why did you say that?
0: Why? Yeah, it you didn't doesn't need to always say drive that. me crazy, but sometimes you point, you point stuff out so that you could apologize. And I'm like, no one would have ever known. You would have not. Needed to apologize. I'm not apologizing for, instance, for this. Burp. No one would have noticed you burped.
1: I didn't apologize.
0: Well, okay. Fair enough. I got to be that clear. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. Yeah. So uh, this is a great one from from Dara, um, who, as you were saying, is is very well represented in this episode. I feel like she deserves some extra accolades uh, as well for for uh, her her inclusion and her. uh, What am I trying to say? Good job, Dara.
0: Good Um, job, Dara. She
1: she says (laughs) that Emily, as your parent, asks this question at tour, and I thought it would be a good question to pose here. Asher Perrin says, There are no movies in my head. There are smudges and jump cuts and brief glimmers of high-res. There is a strange composite of things I know and things I don't know, like a shoebox diorama, half painted and half made out of photographs cut from magazines. And I love when movies get made from stories I adore. Whether they overwrite the vague image I had in my head or they fill in the gaps I couldn't manage, they help me complete the pictures that my brain is choosing to leave half finished. It's extra exciting to have the image finally filled in all the way to the edges of the page. Dara says, it's very much the same for me. I often cast actors to help me visualize things, but environments, particularly indoors, are rough amalgamations of rooms with little clarity or detail. In an interview somewhere that I can't find now, Daniel Radcliffe said that when he reads, he visualizes things as a cartoon, which I found interesting. So what do you all imagine when you read? That's a great question. We've yeah, talked about this a bit before.
0: Yeah, uh, David pointed out uh, that uh, there is such a thing as aphantasia, which we've talked about when we read Nine Fox Gambit uh, because Yoon Ha Lee has aphantasia, uh, which means you can't visualize things. And there are a few people in the thread that that say that that's the way it is for them as well. I feel like for me, at Emily Asher Perrin's description is spot on.
1: Oh, perfect for me as well.
0: Yeah, I I have pictures of people unbidden. Some people in the thread say that they they choose a person to imagine, but I don't. I I I just have a a picture appear and I'm like, okay, that's that's what that person looks like. Mm -hmm. And it often has nothing to do with the description in the book. That's the weird thing.
1: Sometimes I have people who are blonde haired and they're just blonde or or they have brown hair and then the description doesn't fit that at all.
0: It's why I'm really bad at writing descriptions too, because they don't mean anything to me in books. I have a hard time reading them. If I, I have to stop and really focus, if I want a description of a person to fit the image in my head, um, but yeah, it's uh, some high-resolution pictures, arrangements of things, you know, short clips of video. That's that's totally it. That's that's definitely how I imagine things.
1: It's an excellent, excellent uh, uh, explaining of that, which is kind of hard to do.
0: Yeah. Now, a lot of people in the thread don't have that, uh, and a lot of people had had different ways of visualizing. Um, I don't know if anybody said they have a full-on movie in their head, because that'd be kind of awesome. That's
1: like the opposite of of you and Hodley.
0: Yeah. And I've heard that there are people like that. mm Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Trike had a post about ten free audiobook sites that links out to uh, a Mashable article um, on that subject. And I thought this was pretty cool because I don't know if I realized how many different websites there actually are that allow you to download free audiobooks. Uh, a bunch I'd never heard of before, like Loyal Books. Um, apparently, they used to be called Books Should Be Free, <laughs> so I guess that kind of uh, is well aligned with their their goal, uh, open culture. Digital book uh, OverDrive, I know LibriVox, I know Lit to Go, I have not heard of Project Gutenberg, definitely have heard of, and Archive, you know Archive.org. So there's a number of on here that I that I thought would be interesting for people to check
0: out. Yeah, some of these are duplicative because Project Gutenberg is really the source for a lot of this stuff, mm. uh, and and like like you said, Loyal Books is taking advantage of Project Gutenberg to put things in, but they all have their their other ways of supplementing. Archive.org uses Project Gutenberg, but also uh, goes around and and acquires books because Archive it sees itself as the library of the internet. It's trying to to capture all the information about the internet that it's allowed to do so. Uh, so there's a there's a larger amount of books available in Archive than on Project Gutenberg. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you have your overdrives and, and your your hooplas and and things that are library related, uh, which is which is another great source of books that you wouldn't be able to get uh, f- because of pub- through public domain sources like Gutenberg and Archive. Good stuff.
1: And I guess, you know, if you have a Spotify subscription already, you can also listen to their audiobooks playlists, uh, which is kind of neat as well, which is something I have not really taken advantage of.
0: Yeah, I don't have Spotify. Um, How do you do an audiobook playlist? I don't know. Audiobooks are 15 hours long.
1: (laughs) Well, maybe they're like, maybe they break them up differently into like shorter segments. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Weird.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, we've got the other note from uh, Dara. This one, in defense of reading the same book over and over again. She said, Rebecca Jennings at Vox argues that it's not so bad to read the same book or watch the same TV show over and over. Quote, basically what all these critiques come down to is that with so many books and movies and TV shows in the world, why keep talking about just one? But maybe that's the wrong question. Maybe instead the question is, is it really that bad to read a single book or watch a single show over and over and over again? Dara goes on to say, the whole piece is worth reading, but it basically boils down to reconsuming media makes us feel good and that's okay which I totally agree with, Dara says. I've read Harry Potter more times than I can count. I spent most of my 2019 reading year rereading parts of The Expanse and A Song of Ice and Fire, so I'm in favor of the reread. Is anyone else a rereader? What do you find yourself going
0: back to most? I generally don't think you should tell someone what they can't read. If they want to read something <laughs> yes. again, then they should be allowed do people to, go around doing to that? do that. I don't know. That's what it sounds like is, you mm-hmm. know, critiquing people that, well, with so many books and shows in the world, why, why keep reading just one? Uh, I will say that there is a nagging part of me sometimes that does feel that way. Like, should I really be reading Harry Potter again? Should I really be reading Dune again when there's other things out there? But, uh, if it makes you happy, then yeah. uh, there's only so much of your life that can be devoted to your own improvement. You need a break to let your brain recover or you won't improve as faster as fast as you would otherwise. And if that break involves just reading over a, a great book that you love, not only is that going to help you in lots of ways, but... It will also. You'll probably find new things in it that you didn't notice before. At least if it's decent. Most most books that I've reread, I, I rediscover things. Not just things I've forgotten about. That's part of it. But also, also things that because I already know the story so well, I I I have a realization about something.
1: I hear you. I hear you. I can't do it.
0: You I never reread stuff. I
1: can't do it unless I have to. For like this book club, um, I get real it's like something about my anxiety. Like Mm. I get, I, I, I I understand like in my mind, I understand what you're saying, but when I try to do it or even think about doing it, especially it's, it's mostly books. I will Mm -hmm. rewatch movies and things like that. But with books, I think it's just because I have so many, just literally just in my house that I haven't read yet. It's like, they're screaming at me. (laughs) Like, like, why are you doing this? Like I'm right here. I'm right here. I'm probably pretty good. Like just crack me open and take a look. Like you don't want to read that same old thing again, do you? So, I have a hard time with that. Um
0: well, and and that goes right into my 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 thoughts there, which is if it's not a good time for you to reread, then you shouldn't. Then you shouldn't because it doesn't make you happy. Because that's just going to stress you out. That's Ah. that's the contrary to my entire point, which is like, yeah, if it makes you happy, you should. But if it makes you anxious because you're like, oh, my other books are getting jealous. That's no fun. (laughs)
1: <laughs> All right. That actually makes me feel better.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's interesting, though. Like, I know what you mean. And when I said I have that nagging little thing, it sounds like you have a nagging big thing. It's, it's, well, it's,
1: it's actually the books like physically yeah, nagging like at me. speaking yeah. at you.
0: Okay. I, is it because you don't have DVDs anymore, <laughs> you know, to, to look at that, that you don't have it with movies and TV? shows. <laughs> I- <laughs> no. You don't I think go into they're Netflix less of it, and be like, oh my gosh, look at all these shows.
1: I honestly think it's it's less of a commitment. I think with That's reading true. a book, That's yeah. True. Yeah. Especially for a feel movie, like right? Two hours I feel okay about. Like, like, you know, eighteen hours or however long it takes mm-hmm, to to read mm-hmm. a book, or that that gets me a little bit more like, ooh. So I think that might be part of it.
0: I feel like um this this is a job for uh reading glasses and their and their book dilemmas.
1: Oh, that's a segment?
0: Yeah, yeah. They have a regular segment where people write in with their with their with their problems, you know. But I
1: guess it's not a problem. I just learned it's not a
0: problem. It's, it's okay. It's not a problem though. If you <laughs> it's not a you're problem. Good, yeah, then I guess you're fine. <laughs> There's it's, nothing nothing to talk about. But but if anyone else is still struggling. There's a
1: great conversation around about this, by the way, in this thread. So if you have if you have thoughts, if you have strong thoughts the way we do, uh head over to, to Dara's thread in Goodreads and, and let us know. Most rereadable books, uh, that's something that uh Tamahome said at the end. Uh, a good list would be, you know, like, what are the most rereadable books out there?
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. I definitely I think I'm sure it's different for other for everybody, mm-hmm. but Mine would be CS Lewis books, Lord of the Rings, Dune, Harry Potter, uh, just off the top of my head. Those are the ones that I, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide, oh my gosh, I've read Hitchhiker's Guide series so many times in my life. Uh, cause it's always fun.
1: I have reread, I, I willingly reread, um, uh, what's the, why not tail chaser song. Um, the one about the rabbits, Watership Down. Watership I reread, Down. I reread uh, Watership Down. Well, we did that as because, a pick. Yeah, and that might be why.
0: Oh, yeah, no, there you That's go. That's
1: probably why. <laughs> I was like, I know I reread that book because that was from yeah, my childhood. i re-
0: definitely reread books because we made a pick, and I don't want to deny picking something just because I've read it before. But there there are books we've, re- we've read as picks that I wouldn't necessarily have reread. Mm-hmm. Man, I've read Man in the High Castle a lot of times, too.
1: I bet. So great, great conversation. Great, great yeah, discussion yeah, topics, everybody. All right. Well, now it is time to discuss our October pick. We have a pick. We have got a book briefing. Tom, are you going to read the book briefing?
0: You asked me this last week. And you already did. Didn't two you? weeks ago. Uh, and I had to, you know, delay while I pulled up the link in a browser that was logged in. Oh, yeah. And, and it
1: was funny. It was it was funny. You did. Yeah.
0: Remember it. that? Remember that? It yeah. was good times. It was funny. In fact, it's still open in that tab from when I when I when I did that.
1: <laughs> so this month we are reading Seven Blades in Black by Sam Sykes. If you haven't already uh, started reading along with us, and yeah, I, I I got started. I have to say, like, I was a little worried because it it started off a little bit sl- in a way that I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm gonna like this. And Is that I even told the, Tom
0: because of the storytelling device of of being interrogated,
1: maybe. Hmm. Um, I think it was the switching between the different voices. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And at first I was like, "Uh uh-oh. Like, oh, what am I going to do if I don't like this book? It's going to be bad. And I I tried to talk to Tom about it. I stayed at Tom's house last weekend when I was in L.A. And we didn't get a chance to discuss it because I think our significant others didn't want us to talk about... (sighs) Sword and laser, which makes sense.
0: Yeah, um, I, I think that was probably right.
1: So we we didn't get around to it, but now that I, I've moved in further into the book, I, I'm definitely like very much warming up to Sal the cacophony and her uh, way of talking and speaking mm-hmm. and, and the devices, the literary device that Sam uses. And so it's it's yeah, I'm enjoying it.
0: I'm enjoying it too. It is uh, it is very snappy.
1: Mm-hmm. I like it's a good word I, for it. Yeah.
0: I like the 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 way it it's it's not short on description. And by the way, we're going to be non-spoilery here. Uh mm-hmm. it's not short on description or scene setting, but it's quippy and snappy and it, it never lingers too long in any one place, which sometimes fantasy like this, when you've got, you know, a magical system and, and, and swords and everything, it it can, it can get a little bit caught up in itself. Uh, and I, and I don't think seven blades does at all. Uh, I also really like the world that he's created and the way magic is infused into things and uh, the way that that magical system allows for you to realize that there are some more modern things in this fantasy world than you might have expected and they're almost yeah. irrelevant.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say the the world building's pretty cool so far.
0: Yeah.
1: Um and it's funny. There's definitely funny elements to it as well, which is nice.
0: Yeah, there's um don't want to be spoilery here, but there are there are elements of the magic that are that sort of have a personality. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. That get that gets slowly revealed, and you're like, oh, "Okay, that's that's just freaky. That's just weird, uh, in a good way, in a really, really good way."
1: <laughs> I think you're a little further than I am, so I won't I won't let myself get too spoiled by asking you questions about stuff. Um, but yeah, it's still still early in the month, uh, so definitely jump in and join in the discussion. There's already some great threads going on over in Goodreads, and once again, that's Seven Blades in Black by Sam Sykes, and I better schedule some time to get him on this show. We keep talking about how we're going to have him on, but we haven't actually asked him.
0: Sam, we know you're listening. Just just email us. <laughs>
1: to, we shouldn't put the burden of interviewing <laughs> on him. I know, that's that's so not horrible. fair. <laughs>
0: oh, person we want to interview, can you do the work? You Thanks. Just reach
1: out. That'd be great. We're
0: just so busy. That'd
1: be great.
0: <laughs> ah. No, but we should do that. Absolutely. It'd be, it'd be a fun interview no matter what. And especially because we're reading the book. Totes. All right. Goats.
1: Well, I think that wraps things up.
0: Indeed, it does. Thank you, everyone.
1: Thank you. Um, Tom and I had a good time going to the Game of Thrones Live. Oh, yeah. Should uh, we give a little,
0: little review of that?
1: Yeah, it was cool. Um, it was Game of Thrones Live. It was uh, the composer, uh, Ramin Dijwadi, who was the conductor. Mm-hmm. And there were like four principal musicians uh, that were backed up by the orchestra um, in L.A., based in L.A., and it was their first time playing at the Hollywood Bowl.
0: It was the end of the tour, too. Yeah. And they've been doing this for three years. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and he said towards the end that when they pitched him this idea, the the pitch was, how would you like doing a concert of your music from Game of Thrones at the Hollywood Bowl? Like, imagine that. And let's create a tour like that and the Hollywood Bowl was the last stop on the tour 3 years later so he's like this is the dream come true where i finally got to the <laughs> Hollywood Bowl if you don't know the Hollywood Bowl it's an outdoor amphitheater uh very well maintained and it's it's just got great sound it's it's set in this kind of valley you know down on in Griffith Park uh it's and beautiful. it's beautiful it's yeah it's just wonderful and uh the the concert was was stellar uh, the mu- the musicianship was amazing they showed scenes from game of thrones on a big screen that went with the music and i thought they did a really good job of choosing when to go sound up and when not it was mostly sound down but every once in a while they'd bring sound up from the video mm-hmm. so you'd get a line or a sound effect that fit so well into the music that was well, really really well chosen
1: yeah, and uh, Ryan, my husband, had a, a really, uh, the, the most important point, which is how thrilled slash not thrilled he was to get to see all his favorite characters die all over again.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Because <laughs> um, there was a lot of that.
0: Well, they're showing you the most important parts of the series. And yes. And the most important parts of almost any series is a character dying. And boy, does that happen a lot. And that really comes through <laughs> right. in this concert.
1: Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, it was a really good time. Uh, so maybe they'll I hope they'll keep doing it so more people can keep seeing it. But I, I can imagine after three years, he's probably pretty
0: pooped. I. It sounded like they were planning to do a second tour after a break. So, yeah, I Excellent. think they will.
1: All right, well, that wraps up our show. Thank you so much to everyone out there who funds us over on Patreon. Uh, you can learn more about how to do that over at patreon.com slash laser.
0: You can also support the show by buying books through our links, find links to the books we talk about and some of our favorites at swordandlaser.com slash picks.
1: Send us an email, feedback at swordandlaser.com. Actually, let me know you're casting. Your are casting yeah. for, what were we casting for? For V.E. Schwab?
0: hmm yep.
1: Yes. Um, for A Darker Shade of Magic, let us know what your castings would be. Uh, it's also totally legit. If you just want Keanu for all the roles, I, I back that fully <laughs> as all well. Of
0: them, that's fine. Send just, us an but email. Make sure to email us if that's the case.
1: <laughs> yes, we'll read it on the show. Feedback at swordandlaser.com. Our website is swordandlaser.com. All of our discussions happen over on goodreads.com slash swordandlaser. And you can call and leave us a voicemail at 415-7-SWORD-6. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye-bye.